now this is recording. RTI International Center for Forensic Science presents Just Science. Hello and welcome to Just Science. I'm Lauren Mangum, your producer and host. As our normal listeners can already tell, this week we are doing things a little different to celebrate National Forensic Science Week. Just Science will be releasing multiple Just So You Know episodes where you will be hearing directly from the Forensic Technology Center of Excellence team. Today we have Erica Frenaro on to discuss her background and all the resources she brings to the FTCOE. Welcome, Erica. Hi, Lauren. Erica, what is your job at RTI International? So I'm a senior project management specialist at the Center for Forensic Sciences here at RTI International. You actually have a very important role for the FTCOE because you're managing many things. So what exactly are you uh, titled for FTCOE? I mostly act as the outreach manager for all of the deliverables that we produce in the COE. The COE um, produces a good deal of knowledge out to the forensic community, and that can look like a lot of different things. The forensic community all absorbs information in different ways. So some people really appreciate a podcast where some people really appreciate a 60-page report, where some people really want to get in a room and um, have a Q&A session for 30 minutes about a certain technology. And so it's important for us to understand the forensic professionals and how they're absorbing information and what fits best with their profession for them to absorb it. So my job is to help us understand what all those different types of deliverables need to be and how we can best interact with each individual discipline and all of those different professionals across the COE. All right. So I want to talk a little bit about my favorite deliverable so far, which is the podcast. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about Just Science Inception, you know, because that's something that you actually have a very, very important role in. The actual creation of it was literally Dr. Morgan walking into my office one morning and saying, hey, I want to do a podcast and I want it to be a conversation with all these awesome people that I know in the forensic community. And I said, "Okay, I love podcasts. Let's do it. And we quickly realized how difficult it was and the fact that you have to have rights to use certain music and that upset us uh, until we hired you. That actually came with all the knowledge to understand how to deliver those. And that has actually been a really successful dissemination method of ours over the last year that we can now get information from experts to people when they're like working out, drive into the office. They can kind of focus on other things and still get that information at the same time. So we've reached a, a new audience. It's definitely definitely one of my favorites. So we learned about the background of Just Science and how it came to be with you and Dr. John Morgan. So let's talk a little bit about where the future's going. Uh, what topics will Just Science be covering in the next couple months? So coming up, we have a, a ton of content that we are excited to release uh, to all of our listeners. We currently just finished up our most recent R&D series and we'll be jumping right into our medical legal death investigation focused series that we recorded a good majority of those at the recent IACME conference and then after that we hope to release some of the presentations that we gathered at the IEA conference from this year 
And we also have a season coming up focused on leadership that we captured at the 2018 ASCLAD Symposium this year. And then we hope to do a DNA season in the near future as well. That'll just kind of be like an overarching all topics in DNA from well-known SMEs in the, the field. And it'll feel very similar to our listeners, like our numbers and drug seasons that we've done in the past. We really know that our listeners, they love the case studies, so we're going to try very hard, hopefully in 2019, to capture a good deal of those again so that we can release another case study season. And we know that from our listeners that people like the discipline-focused seasons as well, so we'll try to continue down that path. And if you're listening right now and you have any thoughts or ideas or you want to put something in the hat, feel free to visit ForensicsCOE.org just science podcast page and you can actually submit a form directly to us and that form will uh, come directly to me and we'll put it in the hat as an idea for a season so feel free to uh, go to the website and let us know what you think we also have another radio voice on hand yeah which is uh, josh vickers who is the voice of the forensic technology center of excellence webinars and i'm sure people have heard his voice over the airwaves for for many years now so would you like to discuss a little bit about the ftcoe webinars yeah so a lot of people i get a lot of compliments often on josh's performance and for those of you that attend our webinars, you'll hear his voice at the beginning and the end. He'll kind of like run the Q&A session and he'll introduce the speakers at the beginning. We call him our host, but he does so much more than that. He does all the preparation and, and production really with the subject matter expert to put together that webinar and that content before we actually release it live. He does such a great job at making all of our subject matter experts comfortable with presenting to hundreds of people. There's something so eerie about sitting in your office presenting to nobody, but knowing there's hundreds of people listening to you, like that's awkward. Right. And Josh can really put people at ease. And um, he's really good about understanding uh, in the moment how to um, answer, get people's questions answered and just get them the things that they need. You know, if we've mentioned a report during the webinar, if there's a link that the presenter wants to send people to, he's really good about just getting that immediately to them. And then he also produces all the archivals for our webinars as well. So Many people are probably getting to know the voice of Josh Vickers in the forensic science community, and we're very happy to have him as an integral part of the FTCOE team. Right, because the hard thing about webinars is it's not like a podcast where it's just a one-way ticket, one-way stream. I get plenty of time to edit. It's right on the fly. It's whatever happens, happens. It's a two-way street between you and your viewers. Yeah, you know? so definitely. It, and that two-way street is full of technology, you know, internets that just crash for no reason and storms that rolled through and make it so that people can't hear audio and things and and he's in charge of making sure that all of that flies. Let's talk a little bit about your RTI journey. So let, let's take it back. So you've actually been an RTI for how long now? So a very long time, over a decade now. I actually, to be honest, I think I stumbled into the forensic community, the forensic field. Um, I literally was in my 20s living in the mountains of North Carolina where I'm from, a native there. And I had a friend that was moving back to the Triangle to get her MBA. And she said, I don't have anybody 
to live with me and like split the rent. And I said, <laughs> well, I could use a change of scenery. Let me see if I can get a job. Right. So I came out to see her and uh, went on one interview here at RTI for the Center for Forensic Sciences. We were called something else at the time, but it was this department. And they called me later that afternoon and offered me the position. And so that position was actually a uh, administrative position at the time. And I, like I said, I was in my mid-20s at the time. And so once I actually got here, I learned my task of my job. And then I also started to learn about the programs that we have here at CFS and the clients that we interact with and then further the forensic community. And over time, just grew out of more of an administrative role into a coordination and management role of those programs so that I could be even more active in the forensic community. Right. So your path now is more program or project management pathway, correct? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's kind of evolved over the last decade as our department here has grown and as the FTCOE in and of itself has grown. So you kind of have a special place in the FTCOE heart because you were here when uh, RTI first won the award. Yeah, yeah. So in uh, 2011, I was part of the original team that put together that proposal and, you know, tried to figure out, okay, what is the best way for us to start managing this? And we really did try to take a look at the current forensic community at that time to see what their needs were and how we could better approach that and how we could meet those needs than had been done before. And over time, the program has definitely evolved into different needs and new dissemination methods and things like that that we continue to try and respond to. Right, right. So what was your role uh, the first go around for FTCOE? It was similar. Um, It was, you know, it was like outreach coordination, basically. The first couple years that we had the program, we did a lot of exhibiting because we wanted to to let people know that the FTCOE was a resource for them to bring knowledge to the forensic community and to, you know, say, hey, we've done we've done the work on, you know, evaluating all these different instruments or these technologies and we've put it all together for you. You get to make the decision now on what it is. And and we heard your cry for hands-on workshops and so we're putting one together and we're disseminating that to you. So the first year was a lot of travel. A lot of travel and a lot of booths, a lot of handshaking. Um, and so I worked really heavily in that. And then so over time, the community has uh, let us know that they they need us not just to be at the major conferences in the forensic community, but also to support the big symposiums like we, we do, the Impression Pattern and Trace Evidence Symposium, the policy forums that we put on. We've had just as great a response out of with the forensic community, letting us know how they've been able to implement that information back into their crime lab or into their daily practice. What is the most interesting thing that you have seen or done for the Forensic Technology Center of Excellence? Well, definitely all the experts that we work with in the forensic community, their their case studies, if you will, are definitely the most interesting thing story-wise to me. Really remarkable things that these people deal with, and we have the privilege of working with them and bringing their insight back to the forensic populations. I would say that the most interesting thing that we do on a daily basis to me is bridging the gap between the expert and 
the forensic professionals, you know. RTI's mission is to improve the human condition by turning knowledge into practice. And the C, the FTCOE really actually does that because NIJ is supporting the Forensic Technology Center of Excellence and funding it, then we're able to connect the first responders and the nurses and the, you know, bench scientists and the lawyers and so on and so forth in the forensic community directly to the experts in their field. And that helps improve all of our lives on a regular basis because they can then turn that regular practice into their daily activity and helping the human condition. So I think that is definitely, to me, the most fascinating and interesting thing that we do. Tell us one interesting personal fact about yourself. Well, I'm a big band nerd. Okay. Um, I was in band for like eight years when I was younger, and I oh, did it all. Wow. I did like competition and um, marching and concert. Like I did it all. And there's something so beautiful about that art form, about how a composer can write something with notes, you know, and write a story with notes. And then a total stranger can tell that story through through playing it on an instrument and like there's some things that are beautiful about that art form I've always been a big music and like band nerd I think that's interesting I was not expecting that yeah I mostly clarinet mostly okay. clarinet and I tried my hand at flute and could not do it <laughs> I sucked so hard and I wanted so bad to play flute because it's such a pretty instrument and it just wasn't happening you know I couldn't even make it past the recorder in the fifth grade so you're <laughs> doing great <laughs> yeah so yeah I stuck with uh, clarinet and little saxophone because it's very similar they both read instruments a lot of the uh, the note fingering is the same so wow yeah. yeah no I was not expecting that answer that's okay so if you could have any job what would you be I would own a I would own a bakery. I would own a successful bakery. Yeah, yeah. I, I love to bake. With baking, you can either, you know, not follow a recipe and see what you get. It can only be so bad because it's probably going to be sweet, and sweet's always good. Or you can follow a recipe, and you, you know that you're going to get a cookie out of that or whatever. And there's, like, structure there that I really – that soothes me. So I think okay. that's nice. And I think sweets are, like, a common ground for people, you know? Like, you can only charge so much for a cookie, so – it, you know, you can please the masses. Right, and, yeah. Yeah, like nobody's ever mad when you come home and there's brownies, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, it's just, it's a nice, common place that I think people can, uh, can gather around. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you, Erica Fernaro, for being on Just Science. Opinions or points of views expressed in this podcast represent a consensus of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official position or policies of its funding.